All right, so today we are going to do a, uh, a recording about keywords, buzzwords to use in mortgage protection presentations in order to get people engaged, make the light bulb go off a little bit, and um, to create urgency. Mm -hmm. And I think you're a great person to interview for that. You've not only had success. Why are you looking at me like that? You've not only had success uh, in home, but also virtually. And um, when you're building a need virtually, you've got you've to be able to create um, that enthusiasm that's harder to do when yeah. you're in home and create like you can't you can't go like this to somebody virtually yeah. so how do you transfer that emotion and things like that um, so let's start with the intro and the way that you build rapport how do you build rapport in home and how does that differ from how you build um, the rapport when you're doing a virtual sale there's definitely more rapport building in home than there is virtually I think on, on virtual calls the expectation is that you're there strictly for business. Um, it's still important though to build some sort of rapport in the be beginning because you're going to be asking them for their social, for their bank account, you, you know, personal sensitive mm -hmm. information. So you have to have some kind of rapport. So um, when I'm in home, I, st I don't do a lot, man. I open the door and then I immediately ask them, you know, I tell them that this is a nice area. There's a lot of things that are local. Um, it's a convenient area to be in. Uh, I get to travel around and see different places and this is one of my favorite spots and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then ask them how long they've been there. And then just kind of let the conversation be led from, from that point. I've been here for X amount of years. Okay, uh, what brought you here? Uh, what are you doing now that you weren't doing then? Just small things like that. And then I'll have, you know, I'll extend that out to the uh, kitchen table. We'll sit down for a few minutes and keep that going. And then that natural pause in the conversation, then I start jumping into the, the, the pitch. What are the follow-up questions that, or responses you're hoping to get with the follow-up questions? What are, you, what are you trying to get them to talk about when you're building rapport? I'm just kind of a blank slate when I'm walking in there. I just want them to talk to me about something that they're comfortable with mm -hmm. so that I can then be comfortable with it and then they can be comfortable with me. Okay. That's all that I'm looking for. And I'll just, I, I don't, I don't know anything about like dance, but if somebody, <laughs> if somebody's like, yeah, I came here because it's closer to like a ballet studio, well then all of a sudden I'm really into, into dancing and ballet. Yeah, rapping you too, know, probably. Rapping, ABC Entertainment, <laughs> hashtag <Yeah>. ABC. <laughs> Go check us out. Yeah, no. that's so funny. Um, like hobbies, kids, Job yeah. stuff like that, right? Hobbies. If I can, sorry. So in that time, if I can get them to talk about their family, especially kids, that's that's huge, obviously, because mm -hmm. that that's a lot of leverage that you have, and that's ninety nine percent of the time someone wants to get a policy put in place to make sure that the most cherished things in their life, which are their kids, are protected. Yeah. So if they have kids, I start talking about my kids, and then I can even work in the policies that I have and how so you know every time I you know if I start making more money. Um, or my, my situation changes, then I'll increase the coverage that I have and it's flexible and just, just cool things about the policy and it yep. makes me feel good. And um, a lot of times what I do, you know, personally is uh, because my I was a state trooper, mm -hmm. so I made a lot of death no no notifications and whatnot. So I can bring that into the conversation mm -hmm. as well and tell them how powerful it is to have something in place So because I, I've, I've seen the other side of it and it's it's really ugly. And you don't want your family going through that. The, the most... The biggest strategy, uh, uh, tragedy that someone has told me to my face is after mm -hmm. I follow up with them on a death notification or something and see how they're doing is they tell me that the one thing that they really can't get over after they grieve the death is their initial emotion was anger. They were angry at them that they would die and that they would leave them with all this, this financial headache. Yeah. And, and they can't get over that. And that they discussed it with themselves that the first place where the mind went was to the finances. And that was hard getting over that. So if you can take that away and that's something that you really can't forgive yourself for because you know that, uh, that that's really powerful. So topic today are buzzwords, buzz phrases. Let's say that again, slower. So we, so our agents can implement that. So you said the number right after, after the shock and, and 
sadness. The set immediately following that was anger. And that anger was about finances yeah. and how could they possibly die and leave me in this position mm-hmm. being exposed financially. <clears throat> yeah. And then they can't forgive themselves. And the, so the most difficult thing that they say, the most, the most difficult thing for me and all of this is the, my initial reaction was I was angry with them for something to do with finances because they didn't leave me with anything. It just bit this, this big mess to clean up and they can't go back and like change that initial emotion. So like, I think in their, in their, in their head, they're upset with themselves because they felt like money was more valuable than the person that they lost because mm-hmm. the first place where their mind went and they were, you just, you know, my, my mom or dad or whoever just died. And then I'm just angry with them initially. Um, after, you know, I come to terms that they are dead. Now I'm angry. That's hard to live with. That's hard to live with. So versus them having coverage and wow, my parents cared about me enough to, have this stuff in place and I don't have to worry about the finances because they already took care of that. And now I'm just, I'm sad that they're gone and I can just grieve and just, you know, reminisce on the good times and stuff and they don't have to go through that angry stage. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. Um, so then you transition into getting some information from them, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So you wait for that natural pause in the conversation where it's either going to get really awkward or you can change the subject and you can start talking about something else. I have my, you know, I have my lead, my financial inventory sheet and the credibility sheet. And I take it up like this and I bang it on the table a couple of times. Universal phrase for let's get started. And then I just jump right into my. Like you have your folder and you. I don't have a folder. I just did the, the, I have my, the the lead form that they filled out. I have the financial inventory sheet and the credibility sheet. And then I just, I just tap them on the table. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You you can kind of envision that. Yeah. And that just lets everybody know that, all right, we're here to get started. And then I'll do that. And. I say, all right, so I could, one of my biggest downfalls is I just, I just talk. So I, I wait to all my appointments because I just talk. So I'm really trying to get better at it. And then, mm-hmm. so, and then I get into my, my pitch. You That's know? a good transition. Then doesn't make them feel weird. Right. You don't say, well, look, we got to get down to business. You blame it on yourself. Blame it on myself. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And then, then my, in, in my, in my pitch, I have a lot of words in there or phrases that I use th- that are very intentional, things that I never change, you know, things like, um, you know, tap it on the on the tap it on the table and go through my little thing you know mm-hmm. take all day so let's get started mm-hmm. um all right so we got this form back from you uh now most people and most people being a key phrase because now they're inclusive they're part of a group so what most people do is they send these forms back into us because they either just bought a property or they refinance on one and they're just looking to make sure that they have something in place so that if something happened to them yesterday again yesterday because we want to this just happened mm-hmm. something happened to them yesterday that their family is getting money back today. So like right now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that those are two important things to say because this, if this happened yesterday, it's very recent past. And then today, meaning I'm no longer here for this appointment, I'm here to give your family money, mm-hmm. right? So that, that's why I say that. Um, and then all throughout the presentation, I'm, I'm just throwing little little cues in there to make them kind of kind of make them think. So um, after that part, you know, most people, uh, uh, if something happened yesterday, their family is getting money back today That's good. to either pay off a property, uh, pay down a property, or just to leave some money behind for a transition. And say, say that again. Yep. So um, what most people do is they fill these forms out, they send it back to us because they either just bought a property or they refinance on one. And they just want to make sure that if something happened to them yesterday, like death or disability, if their family has money coming back in today to either pay off a property pay down a property or just to leave some money behind for a transition. And that would make sense to just about everybody you say that to. Everybody. And this is whether it's mortgage or whether it's final expense or generic mm-hmm. internet, it doesn't matter. Those are the only three reasons why people want this, this coverage. Okay. And now, so these are the reasons why people do it. You're just like everybody else that I sit with, right? Mm-hmm. It goes back into the inclusivity where they're, 
they're included in something. Yep. Right. And then so um, now what my job is, I'm both a field underwriter and independent broker. So a field underwriter, meaning I'm going to gather some information and independent broker, meaning they contract me with about 17 different companies. And then I pause, I have the credibility sheet. And then I say, um, they're all A, A plus rated carriers. Uh, you probably recognize some of them. And then I show them the sheet. And then they're always, everybody knows Mutual Vomai. Everybody knows John, John Hancock, Gerber, you know, so they, they're not, no, they're looking at that, they're not along. Um, so important to to do is to use the tools that we have available to us too. You yeah. Use, use the, it's already, you didn't create these. This I did is not. what's already available that FFL has put out in terms of content materials for the in-home presentation. Yeah. So not forgetting to, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. You can use what's available to you. Yeah, I don't think I invented anything. Okay. I mean, I just listened to the top producers when I first started, and I just did what they did. Right. You know, and, and then, like, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> it worked. So the coolest part about this is it, it, it it's a franchise. You know, you just, the blueprint's there, just do it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so then I show them the credibility sheet, and they gives you a lot of recognition, a lot of credibility, I mean, because these are huge companies everybody's heard of. And then what that allows me to do, I say, so what that allows me to do is to really shop around and kind of customize something for you that's affordable uh, comfortable, but at the end of the day, I have to find something that you actually qualify for, yeah. right? And were you going to say something? Just an early takeaway to already make them want it. So, like, people want stuff they can't have. So, yeah. creating that urgency there and to even do that little mini health takeaway in the beginning is planting that seed. I think that's important that people are proactive about that rather than battling with them at the end. Like, ah, we can qualify for everything. We're healthy. But because you already said that in the beginning before you went over how it paid out, what the products were, what they did, premiums, the whole deal – you said, most importantly, I have to show you something you'll qualify for. Right, right. And so I think that's probably, if not if not the most, is one of the most important phrases in the entire pitch. Mm-hmm. And you'll, I say that to get at the end of the pitch as well, because it, if somebody, everybody has an ego and everybody wants to qualify for everything. If I'm going to turn, you know, if, if I'm not going to get this coverage, it's going to be because I don't want it, not because they don't want me. Right. You know, but I have to let them know, no, they might not want you. So we have to even see if we can get it for you. Yeah, and that makes think sense. It, it's almost like their competitive nature is going to come out. Yeah, and they're going to apply for it just to prove that they can actually. No yeah. one's going to. No one's going to deny, deny me coverage. So, um, so uh, where was it? Yeah. So, um, uh, lost my train of thought. Um, it's probably transitioning into then when you actually go into what the products are. Yeah. So I, I, every time I do this, I do the whole thing. So it's like I'm trying to pause yeah. and think about where yeah. I was. Um, so yeah, so, um, yeah, so most importantly, I have to find what you actually qualified for. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so one thing to keep in mind about me is that I'm not captive and I don't know if you know what that means, but those would be those agencies like, um, uh, all state, uh, state farm farmers. Right. Mm-hmm. So where they have access to about two products, I've got access to a hundred. Okay? okay. Big difference between captive agencies and myself is captive agencies, like a lot more like employees. Whereas my whole goal here today is to find you the best coverage for the best price that we can actually get you approved for, right? I'm totally independent, okay? On the same side of the table as you. I'm on the same, right, I'm on your team. Yeah. And sometimes I even actually say that. So yeah. I'm, on, I'm, on, I'm on team you and not team insurance company. Yeah, that's right? great. So that's, a good, that's, that's another, like a buzz, a buzz phrase. Yeah. To get their wall to come down. Mm-hmm. I'm on your team. I'm on team you, not team whatever. Whoever. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll say exactly that sometimes. And then, uh, then I start telling them what we're going to do, right? So um, this... This whole process, it's a pretty simple process. There's not a lot to it. There's no blood work, no physicals, nothing crazy like that. Basically, what we're going to do 
is we're going to go uh, spend about two minutes on some money questions, two minutes on some health questions, and then about five minutes shopping around, trying to figure out what actually makes sense for you based on the answers that you give me to my questions, right? And it doesn't matter how much time it actually takes. It does not. No, it doesn't matter at all. But when you tell them, again, this is like a buzzword recording here, so... Two minutes on money questions, two minutes on health questions, five minutes shopping around to make sure we find you the best product. Yep. You could take an hour and they'd be fine with it. They'd be fine with it. But you just set that expectation so their guard comes down even further to know this isn't going to take up their whole day. Because everybody's been in a situation where the sales ber- the salesperson just goes on and on and on and on and it takes three hours mm-hmm. and you didn't want it anyway. Yep. So setting the table like that in the beginning is really important. Yeah, and it takes their focus away from how much longer it's going to be to... Okay, I already know how long it's going to be, so I can focus on the questions. That you're nice, we'll me. have an answer in ten minutes. Yeah, exactly. So people like that, um, and then you're not doing a physical or anything. Yeah, that's cool with them too. <clears throat> so and then I say, um, you know, no physicals, blah 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 blah. Well, two minutes here, two minutes there, five mm-hmm. minutes here, and then once you find a plan that actually makes sense, what we'll do is go ahead and, and submit what's called a request for coverage. A request for coverage takes anywhere from one to four weeks to come back. And what the company is doing at that time is they're going to look at things like your prescription history, uh, your medical background. They want to make sure that no one's trying to take out insurance in your name or anything, um, or that you didn't just escape from prison and are hiding down here in Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So once you're approved, though, you're approved. So at that point, they can't take anything away from you, right? They cannot increase premiums. They can't decrease the face amount. You're good to go. And then I follow that up by that all, all that makes sense. And then makes every sense, time, yeah. yeah. All right, perfect. Then financial inventory. All right, great. Now, my understanding is this is a mortgage, right? It's not, you're not renting, right? Right. Yeah, it's a mortgage. All right, perfect. Um, 30-year mortgage? 30. 30. And then you just go, th- go through that, go through the form. Then I ask them the value of the house. And then if I'm planning on equity protection because they're older or they're kind of sick, um, I ask them the value of their house. Then I ask them if you're going to sell it tomorrow, how much do you think you'd get for it? What, you know, what would it uh, be appraised for? And they tell me. And then they have equity there. And then I always make sure that I say, all right, so you have some equity. That's, that's good. That's that's obviously, obviously being a keyword. That's obviously what we want to protect. We want to make sure that God forbid something happened to you, that your wife or child, whoever it is, is left behind, doesn't have to worry about that money being taken away from them, yeah. right? So the bank doesn't have to get involved. They're not going to do any repossessions. Your family's going to have peace of mind. A lot of time to make up the decision what they're going to do with the house. They get the equity, not the bank. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. And then we go over the, uh, the mortgage amount. I mean, literally just follow the financial inventory. Yeah. We'll do another, we'll do a whole nother recording yep. on, uh, on equity protection. So then you have, you prep your cases before you go out. Like, do you have the options written out on the back or are you doing that at the table? I do 99% of the time I do it at the table. You do? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do it at the table. Sometimes I do it beforehand and there's no, I, when I first started, I was doing it beforehand mm-hmm. and now I do it more at the table there's really no reason why I do it one way or the other. I didn't notice a drastic difference. It'd probably honestly be easier, I think, prepping it beforehand. Um, that way, you, I mean, you have everything there. It's a shorter appointment. And I, always, then, I always did that, just going into it, so it looked like I'd done some homework. But also, I could see how when you're doing it in front of them, that's their five minutes of shopping. So it, I, could, I could see how that would be effective, too. And that, that was what my mindset was. And I do still sometimes prep it beforehand. And then once we get done, uh, once we get done with the finance inventory sheet, as long as – what I what I did beforehand jives with the information that they just gave me. Like sometimes you get thrown for a loop where mm-hmm. they tell you on the phone that they're perfect and then yep. all of a sudden they have everything, yep. right? And you kind of have to transition. But as long as I'm still planning on showing them the options that I prep beforehand, then I'll tell them before I before I show them, I say, all right, so I, I, I did a bad thing and I made some assumptions. All right, after you get <laughs> off the phone, 
And uh, so assuming that this is how our conversation was going to go, I did a little bit of digging. I put some things together that I think would make a lot of sense for you. Mm -hmm. And then I flip it over. Then I will present them the options if I, if I did it beforehand. Um, if not, then I say, all right, great. So we get all this stuff. Just give me, give me a few minutes here just to put some things together, um, find some options that I think would, would be good for your situation. Okay. 